0: Hey folks I've told this story before and I want to tell it again because it is very interesting. The Costa Rica gold rush, it sure didn't last long and today it is non-existent. In 1502 when Christopher Columbus set foot on a little island just off the coast of what is now the Limon area, he was first impressed with the ornate gold jewelry that the local indigenous people wore. Along with the fact that the dense green jungles and the abundance of wildlife and a beautiful coastline was the first thing that he saw, he named this new land Costa Rica or Rich Coast. There was a lot of speculation from the early Spanish settlers that Costa Rica was flush with gold, ready to be mined and sold on the global market. But gold was not discovered here for over 300 years in the early 1800s. Costa Rica's strong economy was established solely because of agriculture, with sugar, pineapples, corn, and coffee at the forefront. Everybody was too busy making big money in this way. The exploration of gold could wait. Large-scale gold mining didn't begin until the 1820s, though it soon declined shortly after in the 1840s. Over 90 years later, in the 1930s, huge gold deposits were discovered on the Osa Peninsula, And the industry grew very strong, spurting gold fever to sweep the country. People came from all over the world to get into the Costa Rica gold frenzy. Throughout the early years, the Osa Peninsula and the areas surrounding were deemed uninhabitable almost considered a wasteland simply because there were no people in the area. It was a dense jungle habitat with no future plans to make it a place where people would want to live. With the discovery of gold in this area, a migration to the peninsula quickly began as a surge of excited people flocked to the area with hopes of striking it rich, mining for gold. Many of those who moved to the area were refugees from the other Caribbean nations, seeking refuge from the iron fist rule of their national governments along with former banana plantation workers from the limon region looking for work following the closing of many of the united fruit company plantations during that time well the osa peninsula was one of costa rica's largest gold producing regions until the late 1980s it was known for producing exceptionally high-grade gold with a total purity of above 20 carats considered to be very high for natural gold deposits and because of this throughout this gold rush period the entire region experienced a large economic boom fueled by artisanal gold prospecting unlike other gold mining zones of costa rica however the osa peninsula was unique in that gold was not only abundant in the mountainous regions but also was found in hundreds of river banks throughout the peninsula in sedimentary form. Sedimentary gold, much different from large gold nuggets, can be extracted in an artisanal process known as gold panning. We've also always seen these uh, westerns on TV or movies where there's people panning for gold. That's exactly what it is. It's a labor-intensive method of extraction that utilizes a gold pan to separate the precious metal out of the sand and gravel deposits. This artisanal form of mining was the initial method adopted by many of the local gold miners, known locally here in Spanish as orre, or, oreros, oreros, oreros. Dos Brazos de Rio Tigre, the two arms of the Tiger River, was perhaps the largest major gold mining community that was settled on the Osa Peninsula. It was positioned perfectly between the two arms, which of course is Dos Brazos in Spanish, of the Tigre River, and it was also on the outskirts of an area now known as the Corcovado National Park. At this time, the Tigre River was one of the rivers with the largest concentration of naturally occurring gold deposits in the entire region. And because of this, for so many years, the main economic activity of those who settled there was artisanal gold mining or gold panning. Because of their successes, dozens of global gold mining companies learned of this area quickly and immediately relocated their men and equipment. There was no rules or laws, and this led to total destruction of the area. Huge tracts of natural habitats, jungles, and wildlife were decimated totally. Deforestation, landslides, and devastation continued for many years. The government finally stepped in to save this cherished land. In response to the terrible environmental damage, in 1975, President Daniel Oduber established Corcovado National Park, a protected conservation territory of the Osa Peninsula that spans nearly one-third of the region's landscape. With the formation of this protected territory came significant government efforts. To eradicate any extractive activities within the parks limits and for the next 10 years the government completely banned gold prospecting of all types they started to heavily enforce these regulations within this restricted territory and while this legislation improved environmental conditions in the long run for many local people the immediate impact was so negative resulting in widespread unemployment unemployment excuse me and poverty Dos Brazos was one of the communities most affected by this new regulation, as many residents were prohibited from practicing the primary activities that enabled them to generate income to support their families for so many years. Then, in 2004, the community formed uh, ACODOBRARTI don't know how to pronounce that. It's a nonprofit conservation associated dedicated to the ultimate protection of the flora and fauna of the entire Dos Brazos de Rio Tigre and the surrounding communities of the Osa Peninsula. The association has served as a primary catalyst in realizing a total shift in local economic activity away from damaging extractive practices in favor of sustainable sources of work that not only seek to safeguard the community's unique natural landscape, but also they depend on it. This has been very, very successful. In February, actually, of 2015, this uh, company, A-C-O-D-O-B-R-A-R-T-I, opened its first entrance into Corcovado National Park. And today, the community has 25 nationally certified park guides who offer tours throughout the peninsula. As you can see by the abbreviated history that I just told you about, the Costa Rican government has chosen its country's biodiversity and the health of its flora and fauna over what riches can be generated by a robust gold industry. The 5 million plus residents of Costa Rica are very happy that this route was taken. And so are the 3 million plus visitors that flock to Costa Rica every year To enjoy their national parks, their volcanoes, and their beaches. There are hundreds of thousands of species of plants and animals, and so much more. And to this day, Southern Costa Rica has remained a place that is just full of biodiversity. Not too many people go there. It's the least inhabited area of the country. In my opinion, it's the most green, most lush, and most wild and diverse area. If you get a chance, be sure to spend a few days on the Osa Peninsula and in the Corcovado National Park. You'll experience the old Costa Rica. Bring your camera, your binoculars, some good walking shoes, and get ready for the time of your life. Gold is good. But seeing a plentitude of toucans, scarlet macaws, sloths, tapirs, pumas, anteaters, butterflies, and thousands of other species is my best choice. Hey, thanks for listening. You're entitled and invited to visit our websites at Costa Rica Good News and also at Costa Rica Immigration and Moving Please enjoy our over 2,400 episodes of our Costa Rica Pura Vida Lifestyle podcast series. We're found on all major venues, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, the Apple and the Google podcast platforms, Radio FM, Anchor, Amazon Music and many more. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate your time. Hope you got some good information here about the gold rush of Costa Rica. And we'll talk to you tomorrow with another story.